0: Welcome to Talking Confidence with me, Holly Kaplan. Having confidence in the workplace is essential for progress, fulfillment, and yes, survival. The issue is that confidence doesn't always come easy and is impacted and influenced along the way. Well, as a confidence coach, I know the key to finding and keeping your confidence is to recognize how professional situations have affected how you think of yourself. In this podcast together, we will examine exactly what impacts women's confidence in the workplace. We are going to get raw in these episodes. We are going to peel back the layers of social interactions, company culture, gender discrimination, ageism, and more. My guests will include entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and business owners. We are going to get down to what these women are really feeling. Expect vulnerability, openness, and relatability. But most importantly, expect to find your confidence. We all have a sense of needing to belong to something or someone. It's a human feeling that begins early in life. The hard reality is that it can be difficult to find where you belong. Think middle school. Remember those days? I was bullied by cliques in my class, and I had a hard time finding my own tribe because of it. Eventually, we mature enough to know how to handle those feelings as we enter college and the workplace, but that lingering sense of not belonging may remain the same. The trick is having a personal tool set and confidence to learn how to navigate those feelings, break out of the negative thinking, and break into where you do belong, and mostly how to help others do the same. Today, my guest, Natalie Berneo, is going to share her personal story of how she experienced not belonging and how she was able to grow up and into her own. Please be sure to listen through to the end of this episode so you can hear my two tips on what to do when you feel like you don't belong. Here is more on Natalie. Natalie Borneo is Senior Director of Program Operations at Dress for Success Worldwide. In this capacity, Natalie leads the Strategy and Development for Operations for Signature Dress for Success Programs, ensuring alignment with the Dress for Success mission and goals, as well as evolving public health guidelines. This role also includes recommending best practices to streamline performance, monitoring program performance to identify improvements, developing policies and procedures for greater impact, as well as interfacing with and cultivating new partnerships to ensure successful outcomes. Natalie is committed to community service. She is a member of the Links Incorporated where she's treasurer. She serves on the Nassau County Minority Affairs Council, where she's secretary, and is a board member of the Girl Scouts of Nassau County, where she is fund development chair. Natalie believes in the power of personal and professional development. She is a certified John Maxwell leadership trainer and earned a certificate in leading change management from Cornell University. A continuous learner, Natalie recently completed the Institute for Nonprofit Practice Core Leadership Program. Ms. Borneo, Obtained her master's degree in management studies from Fordham University and graduated from Howard University with a bachelor's degree in insurance and risk management. Natalie, I am so glad to have you on today. This is our second episode in a podcast together, and I just love you. And I think that you are such a super personality, and I can't wait to start this conversation with you.
1: Me too. I I can't believe it's, it's literally been a year since we had our first conversation. Um, How amazing is that? That's crazy.
0: (laughs) I didn't know that until I looked in my notes. I was like, we we did an episode for GTFO last year on May
1: 5th. On May 5th. Cinco Cinco de Mayo must be our day.
0: Yes, and we can have some virtual margaritas. I think we should do that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me say um, it's a pleasure for me to have this conversation with you. Um, You are someone who really pulls out of people the important details that we often bury and just don't examine and sit with. So having these conversations with you Really allows me to look back at growth moments and uh, just see my progression. And you know, I I really am am proud and happy of the evolution. But um, I wouldn't have done this by myself. So thank you for doing this with me, and thank you for the series because the tips at the end and yes, stay on at the end. Oh, thank you uh, are so incredible. (laughs) Thank you, I appreciate that, and it's good to hear that from you because it is insightful because
0: I do like to get to the uncomfortable moments because we all have them and yes, it can we do. be challenging to talk about. So, but that's what people like about this podcast, thankfully, is because we get to some of the things that we don't really want to verbalize. So, um, I appreciate your bravery in talking about this today, but I know it's going to help a lot of other people. So
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm 50 something and I'm free. So let's go. <laughs> Let,
0: right. Exactly. You get to 50. You're like, oh, I, like I don't give a shit. I'm just going to say what I want to say. It's true. Let's it happens. Go. Yes. Um, I'm going to start like we always do. How do we know each other? Do you want to take uh, that one?
1: Yes. Okay. We are mutual friends connected to Susan Freeman who owns Freeman means business. Um, We are women who believe in the power of storytelling and using your voice to affect change. Um, You and I met through Susan, and we continue to engage in various events and activities revolved around empowering and helping women. And I also do the podcast for Susan for the Wonder Women in Business.
0: Which is why you have such a great voice.
1: You have a good voice. Thank you. Maybe that's uh the next phase of my yeah, career. That the, could be it. V-O-G. <laughs> the voice of God. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You or could event. Totally do it. You
0: could do it. Um well I'm grateful because because of Susan, we've struck up a, a really special friendship. And um so anyway, just wanted to say that. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, okay, Miss Natalie. I want to get into our content about belonging today. But first, will you give us a little background on yourself?
1: Yes, I will. So uh, going back to um, my humble beginnings, um, I am from Jamaica, West Indies. So I wasn't born in the United States, uh, but I did um, return here to finish the last two years of high school. My mother was a nurse who uh was mother and father to us. My father died the year I was born, and my sister was three years old, so I often say my mother fathered me. Um oh. sh- she was an amazing inspiration um and really poured into us the importance of being well-rounded. Um, so uh you know, my shtick was always to Um, be involved and be a part of things. Uh, I grew up in a very, uh, with a very collaborative mindset and my experiences um, always involved family and friends. How can I help? How could I be involved? Um, When I actually came up to uh, the United States, I was 14. And at 14, you can imagine that your friendship circle, you know, you've established friends, you have your brand, people know who you are, you have certain friends. And so being uprooted from um, that environment to, you know, migrate to the United States where I had no friends.
0: Well, that had to be hard for you to start a new school, be around new kids, see the proms going on, but you were kind of it sounds like you were kind of on your own because it, this was still new to you. What what was that like for you as a teenager and how did that impact your confidence?
1: Well, um, before it happened, I was clearly a very confident teenager. I <laughs> you <believe> know, <laughs> um, I, I grew up in a household where my mother um, really encouraged us to be involved and to be confident, um, to, to strive for excellence. So I, I had that, you know, framework, which I think is so important, right? You're, you're influenced by your environment. So, I uh, I was in one where I was, uh, given permission, um, to excel and, and to be, um, you know, at the top of my game all the time. So, so coming here, um, was very different. So, so clearly, the most I could do is try to um, thrive academically and try to see if through that, that I could uh, demonstrate that I was a a pretty great girl, you know, a pretty good person to get to know. Um, And, you know, that... Worked during the school hours, but you know, after two forty p.m., um, that world came to an end. So, you know, I, 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 I was—I I, want to say, like maybe a shadow from eight a.m. to two forty, and then I was able to get on a bus and go back to our apartment, and you know, be me, be comfortable there. Um, but a good portion of my day was kind of spent you know, being that invisible person in the room,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: because, uh, I, I did not feel like I belonged.
0: Oh, that makes me sad. I'm going to say that because that's hard for anybody, especially at the tender age of 14 years old.
1: Yeah, so. it was a struggle, but when you, when you have a strong family network, mm-hmm. you know, at least there is an attempt to get back to some balance. Um, but but that can really eat away at your at your confidence.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. And would you were you open with your mom, your sweet mom, about what was what you were going through?
1: Not really, because okay. you know, as a a single parent, you know, my my father died the year I was born. Her priorities were very different. It was that um working, getting yeah. food on the table, uh providing a safe environment. Uh, just making sure that we were in good health, mm-hmm. um, but having those conversations um in my culture and background, those things were not the the things that were on the high priority list okay
0: okay so you you had to really dig deep by yourself and figure out what to do
1: yeah, dig deep and and figure it out yeah um.
0: Well, I admire you for doing that because a lot of kids would not have the wherewithal, you know, to try to figure out how to how to find a way to assimilate by yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, as I said, the academic route was my in. So yeah. I always tried to be the person who could Uh, not necessarily step in and shine because you don't want that target on your back, right? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I was the one who could come in and make what you were doing better, make you look good, Um, uh, find space for myself in a process where I could add value. And that's always been my thing, right? I always say to people, well, how can I help? Where can I add value? Because I, I, I feel and felt like If I could make uh, something work better by bringing in what I know, um, bringing in what I can do, then I can can be a part of this. But then that is that temporary situational acceptance. It doesn't mean you belong. It means you can fill a gap for a minute. I get that. What happens after the minute.
0: I get that.
1: You get it. So I, I what you're talking about. yeah, I threw myself into the debate club and, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm an amazing orator. I, I can talk, right? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're good. <laughs> and at- I also uh, loved history. I was on the mock trial team. I was in the history, history honor society. Uh, and so those situational and those, those opportunities were great because I was a part of a team. I was a part of a group. I was valued. But those were not my friends. Did you know that at the time? I did. But that was the only way I could survive.
0: Okay. I totally understand. Hold on. I'm getting a confidence check here. Because I know what that feels like. Even at that 15, 16, you know that they're not your friends. You know it, and you kind of feel temporary, and you can kind of feel lost because you don't know why you're not belonging outside of those hours.
1: Well, you kind of realize the differences, but you you hope for an opportunity, you Uh know. Um, But you can't ask for it; you have to be invited in if you are to belong you need an invitation. You can't insert yourself. It doesn't work if you insert yourself. And so I had many uh, opportunities to get to know myself pretty well Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't have those um, Saturday hangouts or shopping or go to the mall or the movies. Um, I didn't have much of that. When family members did it, you know, uh, I I could. My sister was three years older than I was, so she was off to college. So you know, it was just it was just me. Yeah, it's just Natalie. Yep, nine sixty four forty nine Street in Brooklyn. <laughs> 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 Getting on that bus to go to Franklin Delano Roosevelt High School, and actually finding and experiencing some really intense racial experiences uh, that were completely new to me. You know, getting stormed at the bus stop by um, young men who you'd sit beside in the classroom um, and knew by name coming after you with baseball bats as the (gasps) bus came and you were trying to get on the bus, they would storm the bus. It was incredible. It was like, hey, yo, don't I know you? Um, But you know, outside of school was a different thing. In school, hey, can I see your notes? Um, Yeah. yeah, You know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But outside, different world. How did you keep your faith? Uh, You know, when you know you're better than something. Yeah. uh, And, you know, I I told you about my family roots and growing up in a different space with different values. Um, What worked for me is knowing who I was in terms of my values and what value I had. So, uh, you know, it, it was a sad statement, but a lot of confusion too. What the heck is happening? You know, yeah. and how does this happen? Don't people see what's going on? You know, it's that whole see something, say something right. or not. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I'm impressed with how resilient you are. And, I kind of feel like there's a book here. I'm just saying,
1: uh, <laughs> there is a book you know, in this. Yeah, we we it, this this muscle is exercised for you, even if you don't <laughs> know that you have it. There is just something that pushes you forward, that resilience. Yeah. Um, and you know, we all have it. We we get stretched in many different ways, uh, but the way we process it and the way we respond to it. I think makes that difference.
0: I agree with you. I, you went on to become a superhero in my eyes. Listen, <laughs> so. uh, we didn't even get to my college experience oh, we're yet. we're going there. That's, that, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, well, let's go there. Let's go there because I know understand the steps into high school, moving, well, moving here from Jamaica, stepping into high school, what you were feeling, what you were going through, and how you did so well in school. Let's talk yep. about your first year in college. Let's talk about that. Ooh,
1: yes, uh-huh. let's talk about that. Okay. That was different. That was an outer body experience. Mm-hmm. So, good grades, great support academically from professors and others. I ended up at the University of Hartford in, in uh, Bloom, um, in Connecticut. And uh, I was uh, a political economy major, right? Mm-hmm. Great in history wonderful orator, I think um and <laughs> my first semester, I took a uh, introduction to journalism, so in my mind, introduction is um uh introducing and helping you to become right sure it's not an expectation that you got this, so um but i I had a professor and an instructor, and I can't speak to anyone else's experience, who basically told me that I was not going to pass his class. Um, He did not like the way I wrote. Now, coming from the Caribbean, I spoke and wrote what we call the Queen's English. Mm -hmm. And so, where you may use an S, uh, you know, I may use a Z (laughs) or vice versa. It's that tomato-tomato thing. Um, That plus whatever else was in his craw um, made him pretty certain that I would not pass the class. And uh, that was new to me, Uh, that I've never had a teacher, professor, instructor who basically gave me my ending grade the, you know, like a couple weeks into the semester after a couple of assignments. That's
0: horrible because that person is supposed to be somewhat of a mentor and a leader. And already they're throwing a block in your way
1: on purpose. Yep. It's this awareness now that, you know what? Um, There are people in this world who don't have to see your value. They don't have to want to help you. In fact, they don't need to be in the same space as you. Um and they can check out on you immediately. Yes, so they can. you have to figure it out. Um and and that was a struggle that first semester. I I it it threw me completely off my game. So I went in uh being academically confident, if nothing else, right? Right. I had the academics down to then finding that I was not even in control of that anymore. Hmm. Um so what do I have? A big fat zero. And what did I end up with? Uh, a 1.8 GPA.
0: It was like he created a limiting belief for you immediately.
1: My world fell apart. Uh-huh. Okay, I, I, get- I, I studied, but I was not learning. I was, I was uh, attending class, but I was not there. I was submitting assignments, um, but they were not reflective of my true potential. It just, like I said, it was an outer body experience. And it wasn't, you. you know, yeah. my mother said, hello, you are going to school with your sister. So this is the end of this, uh, University of Hartford experience for you. I don't even know how they got me transferred to Howard University, mm-hmm. but thank God they did, you know, mm-hmm. shifting from an environment again, you know, I'm Coming to this country, I'm one of very few people of color in both of these new environments, um, and my world has fallen apart. But now I get an opportunity to go to a different space, and there the majority of people are people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I have no idea how I was accepted with that sort of GPA, I did know I had to redo courses. I had to do some, you know, remedial, well, I call them remedial, like uh, some uh, pre-required courses to, to prove that I could actually handle the work. And I excelled.
0: And it sounds like you found the place where you belonged and could thrive.
1: I found my footing. Yes.
0: I yes I found my footing. And was that a totally different experience from Connecticut?
1: Oh, it was a completely different experience. I, I found groups of people that invited me in, um, invited me to lead things, to be a part of things. Um, I was a part of a group in the School of Business, the Center for Insurance Education. I had summer internships. I had you know, offers uh, uh, and invitations uh, to be a part of programs. Very different experience being invited in.
0: Where you could shine, where you knew you had value and you could contribute because that's who you are.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. For who I was Mm -hmm. and what I brought naturally to the table. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, I have a deep question.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because there's a contrast between your first college experience and then your second one, Howard. Looking back at that journalism teacher, what would you tell that person today? I I know it's gonna be a curveball. I know this is a (laughs) curveball, but I'm feeling it because I would want to go back and say something to that person. Or maybe you don't. But I just wonder what your feelings are at this point in life.
1: You know, I, I, I might let the person know that um, I was disappointed. I was disappointed to find that sort of closed and um, punitive um, reaction to something and someone who was different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I would say, you know you, you you may have deprived the world of a great journalist That's beautiful um, you, you you because of your actions, you put an end to promise and potential, and I, I truly hope that there were not many others who had this experience and i'm so thankful for the opportunity i had to make that shift and find a space yeah. but look at the contrast of how someone who is failing and and drifting can really turn the corner and thrive and shine just because they're invited in and given the space to grow, and to thrive.
0: Beautifully said. Beautifully, beautifully said. Thank you for for kind of going through your feelings and thought process on that. I just, because I, I be, you've persevered. And when I see people like him that have, I'm going to assume it's him, it may not have been. Um, it was a him, girl. Okay, it okay, was a him. okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they do things like that to people, you know, I
1: just... I think- You know, Holly, too, as I reflect back, I think that was the beginning of my desire to be an advocate um, and to really focus on helping others. Because even in my 30-year career in risk and insurance, the one thing I did, I was a mentor. I was a coach. I was the outspoken one. I was the supporter because I understood what it felt like not to have that. Yeah, and yes. that is for the receptionist, for the incoming entry level. That is for the person in the mailroom who wants uh, an opportunity to 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 get a a different job to grow. I even mentored people who I had to. Terminate because of you know the 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 cycle of of operations in the department when you know we we may be told that we're letting go of someone in that discussion holly i you know would say clearly to the person you are so valuable. I am sorry that because of circumstances outside of your control and these were not performance related clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we're, we're not able to continue to have you on board, but if there's anything I can do and, and I, I, I would do it. Uh, and, and so it being a champion for people became a part of me because of my experiences.
0: I love that. I love that. That is how you have progressed and I believe it. And I can see that because that is who you are. And I also appreciate that you let those people go with grace and confidence because you told them they were valued and that had to make them feel confident leaving those doors, even though they had to go, they still felt good about themselves, big picture. So I admire you for giving that to them.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Which is actually a perfect segue. (laughs) Perfect segue into the workplace. We've kind of already, we're kind of putting our toe in it, but I wanted to come out of college and the sense of belonging and your evolution there. Let's talk about your life when you got into the workplace and what challenges did you face regarding belonging? (laughs) Because we all have that. We all have that too.
1: Absolutely, uh, you know we are we are fluid beings. Yes, we are. And and w- what's certain is we are influenced by our environments greatly. So I'm in a, a historical black college, right? And I am. Learning how to assert myself, how to present myself, how to um, uh, make sure that I could communicate my value. And I'm stepping into a very conservative industry. The insurance industry in the 1980s did not look like me. <laughs> wait, I'm going to do more because now I am the hip chick. I was the girl coming from Howard with the hoop earrings and the flat top. The Oh, I love hip. it. Oh yeah. I, love I it. was, I was stepping into it and I was stepping into an organization where they wore blue ties or red ties, white shirts and dark suits.
0: They were okay? looking on the edge. That was crazy.
1: Uh, and so it was interesting. So I did have those challenges where I was a great on the phone. I met clients who loved me. Um, you know, again, I'm speaking the Queen's English, so I'm very clear. I'm. Uh, I, I. It's impressive when I speak, I can summarize and I can pitch and I can explain and negotiate. But then when you meet me and you realize who I am, A week or two later, my manager says, well, you know, we're going to we're going to transfer you or transition you from this account to this account. Hmm. Uh, You know, I distinctly remember going out to meet a risk manager in New Haven and um, walking around with him, him showing me the facility, uh, the grounds, the operation. We're talking about exposures. We had a great meeting. I had a great trip out there. And then when I came back to the office, I was told that "Ah, the risk manager thinks I'm great, but he'd like someone more like the guy. And whatever the guy's name is, Mm -hmm. you can put that guy's name in there. Okay. Um, So yeah, I, I had many of those experiences. So what do I do as I usually do? I insert myself where I think I can add value. So I was the cleanup girl. Troubled accounts, problem accounts, accounts that are crazy. <laughs> um, I got very involved in resolving problems. Um, I knew how to manage conflict. Uh, I knew how to navigate difficult conversations. Why? Because that was my life, right? Yes, yes. Um, so, so it was very easy for me to be put on the accounts that were complex in terms of relationships and where we may have strained issues that needed to be resolved, I could do that. Claim to fame. I make great strides at work. I become a managing director Um, after people saying to me, you know, don't worry. Um, People typically don't get this uh, in their first go round. So if you don't make it, don't worry about it. I made it, girl. Yes, I did. I you. was. <laughs> so, you know, that was that was good for me and I I owned that space, but you know, it was like the space in your office, the four walls outside of my office, don't think I had that space unless it was in the situational areas where I was needed. Again, going back to the debate team and the mm-hmm. honor society and mock trial, mm-hmm. It was appropriate for me to fill certain spaces, but outside of that, where do you belong? So I created space. I remember (laughs) that the men used to go golfing. Golf is still big, a big thing for corporate, uh, you know, (laughs) listen, I I liked it. I liked being out. So I would go, but not many women in the industry were golfers. Nope. And so I created this insurance women who lunch because one thing all women did, we had lunch. We like to eat. We like to eat. And, and this was a, a I, I did it maybe three years mm-hmm. until I was asked to cease and desist. But this insurance women who lunch was open to any woman in the industry, whether she was a receptionist or a senior VP or another managing director. And it was a networking opportunity before the word networking was popular for women to uh, join us on this. You know, we had a little lunch cruise in, in uh, New York City. Uh, I want to call it the circle line. It was not the circle line. OK, but they had a buffet lunch. And so you would um, send me your money, get a ticket. I had a list, you know, three, four, five pages of women who would come and we would uh, have lunch and get to know each other and create new networks and friendships. Um, I was asked to stop either after the second or third time because it was not a, a corporately sanctioned event. I don't think the golf out uh, the golf foursomes and and uh, were were sanctioned no. either but no. you know um it so we stopped doing it but by that time I think I had you know uh, a pretty good rapport across the um uh, various whether it was an insurance brokerage an insurance company a claims company um a a wholesaler um we got all of those women together but you did um, it Natalie uh, I did it. You did it. You were
0: creating the sense of belonging for other people.
1: Because I knew the value of being invited.
0: Yes. So I love that about you because you're taking this lack of belonging because of other people's issues and you're turning it turning it into something different. You know, you're turning it into a place of belonging and acceptance. And you truly are an advocate. So I just want to say that. I admire that about you.
1: Thank you. It's like second nature now, yeah. really. The yeah. first thing I do is make an assessment of, okay, what are the needs in this situation? <laughs> right. right. Um, and, and I do have a tendency to lean toward addressing the elephant in the room within my power. What, in, what is in my power? What is in the scope? What can I do in this situation to address the elephant in the room? You make it better. You change it. I show the possibility. You do. Yes. Yes. You do. Well,
0: other women are, are going through this or have been through this or are going to go through this. Belonging confidence, trying to pivot away from other people's narratives. What advice do you have for the women who are in the throes of the same
1: situation? The first thing I want to say is this never changes. (laughs) Um, I I was on a panel uh, during women's history month and it was uh, about clarity. And I think being very clear about who you are, what you have done, and what your potential is, is so important. You need to recognize that um, the people who know you best may not be the people giving you advice. So be very careful in terms of what you open yourself up to believe that other people are saying. Much like a sieve or, a, you know, whatever you call it, uh, decide what stays with you and what doesn't, mm-hmm. because in our lifetime, in our professional life, uh, it's not linear, it's circular. Uh, The bandwidth just gets thicker because we learn from our experiences. We learn how to navigate. But every time you get a new job, every time you uh, join a board, every time you become a part of a group, you start this process all over again in terms of where do I fit in and how do I navigate? So true. And so you have to reflect and learn from what you did so that you can have better sight. You know that the hindsight is good, but you also need to look forward and understand how to advance. What's my next move in this situation? And how do I um, assess whether I belong And how do I get invited to the table? Um, And and again, a lot of that comes from your your self clarity, which leads into your confidence, as you and I know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that confidence to be authentic, uh, strategically authentic, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to be that uh, bull in a china shop, but you want to be very clear. About where you are, what you want, and how you can be a part of—it's um, the reality we have to be invited in in order to belong. Right. Otherwise, it's a temporary gig. Uh, but that might be okay if that is a stepping stone to your next. You don't need to become entrenched if you don't intend to live there. Agreed. Um, so, uh, being able to assess, um, being able to recognize what you internalize and what you leave behind, because we certainly don't need more baggage.
0: No, we don't. You don't need to we carry don't. that forward. No, we do not. No. We do not. Well, that's great advice. That's great advice. <clears throat> and I know that the people listening will be able to take away from your advice and use it in their own lives. So thank you for that. Natalie. How can people get connected with you if they want to know more about you or have you speak?
1: (laughs) The best way to contact me is through LinkedIn. So um, find me Natalie Altonia, A-L-T-O-N-I-A, Borneo, on LinkedIn. Uh, I love to connect with new people. um, And I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. So love challenges. And uh, I'm welcoming uh, women who are listening today who want to connect to do that.
0: I love that. Lead by example. I'm Let's do it. it. Let's do it. Thank you, Miss Natalie. Thanks, thanks for being on today. And we'll do this again next May 5th.
1: Okay. Well, West said, <laughs> awaits you. Uh, I will see you uh, on this platform in a year, but we're going to keep this going because we we are so connected.
0: Yes, we will. No doubt. Thanks
1: again, Holly, for this amazing opportunity. Thanks, Natalie. I appreciate it.
0: I have struggled with my own sense of not belonging. From junior high school, well, until now, there always seems to be a situation where I feel awkward or like I don't belong and it affects my confidence. Even today as a 52-year-old woman, those feelings surface in social or work situations. The important thing is to know that when you're feeling them and then how to overcome them and maintain your confidence. Here are my two parting tips for you today on belonging. First one is know that other people are feeling the same. You're not alone. All of us go through this. Remember that when faced with the feeling that you don't belong, that perhaps it's because they weren't your squad anyway, and that's okay. Lastly, help others belong. If you're at a networking or work event and you notice someone seems shy or alone, reach out to them, go meet them and introduce yourself. Think back to junior high school and do the things you wish others would have done for you. And those are my parting words today. This is Holly Kaplan. Cheers until our next episode of Talking Confidence. Thank you, Talking Confidence listeners, for joining me today for this episode. If you would like to connect with me personally for confidence coaching or speaking events, you can reach me at hollykaplan.com. If you would like to buy my book, Surviving the Dick Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World, you can find your copy at amazon.com. Thanks.